0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What is up? Welcome to the Los Angeles Dodgers podcast on the Believe Network. My name is J.P. Hornstrom with the Southern California News Group. This is the 1st postseason podcast of 2022. Dodgers season is over. Can you believe it? Have you all made your peace with how it ended? Still feeling a bit restless? Not quite ready to watch the World Series? Either way, we've got you covered. Sean Green will be joining me in a bit. Sean and I sat down to record before the completion of the League Championship Series. Immediately thereafter, I caught a cold and lost my voice. Now usually, I'll record this introduction after I speak with Sean. That way I can set it up, talk about what we're going to be talking about. Just a little sausage making there for you. But I just couldn't talk for the better part of a week. So thank you for bearing with me while I returned to health. Let's call it 98%. Most baseball players would kill to be at 98% in October. Who are we kidding? So the first postseason episode waited a little bit. Here we are. Um, hopefully that allowed some time for any NLDS-induced wounds to heal. So when you hear Sean and I talk about the wild card round and the NLDS round, not knowing who would be in the World Series, that's why. Phillies and Astros start on Friday. Aaron Ola, Justin Verlander. But before we get there, let's take a moment to reflect on how the Dodgers' season ended. And to do that, let's bring on Sean. Sean
1: Green, welcome back to the podcast. Great to have you here. Yeah, great to be back. I wish it was
2: under better circumstances.
1: Yeah, we're having this discussion at least a week, if not two or three, earlier than I figured we would. But the Dodgers' season is over. we we did talk going into this series about how the fact that the Dodgers had these five days off going into the series while the Padres were playing these very intense high-level games uh, against the Mets being a potential booby trap. So to what extent were you surprised about how the National League Division Series played out for the Dodgers?
2: You know, in in the baseball postseason, I'm never super surprised. Um, You know, there's, a lot of things to unpack here, but I think there's, there's kind of three seasons. There's the overall just regular season. There's whoever's the hottest going into the post season. And then there's the post season. So I, I think you never want to play the team. That's the hottest. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of scary to be where the Dodgers and the Yankees and the Astros have been where you're, you know, expect high expectations, had a great season and you got to start from scratch and you're playing Usually the wild-card teams or the the worst of the division winners are the ones that are the the hottest because they have to scratch to get there. Um, And then, as as you suggested, the the layoff, I think, is is really hard. And actually another factor here is playing within your division. I mean, look at the the Phillies Braves. I mean, they know each other so well that, and we talked about on the last podcast, is the mystique of the different pitchers and the different hitters in the lineup it it's kind of gone because you see them 18 or 19 times a year, whatever it is, and um, it it kind of becomes, you know, who's hot, who executes, and the Padres had a lot of confidence. You could see it; they they really wanted it, and you know they they got that momentum that they needed and, and won the series.
1: Andrew Friedman did talk a little bit about that in his annual after post-elimination, post-mortem, about how it's not the best team that wins the World Series. It's the hottest. And if you want to, I think you could even take it back to before the five-game layoff. You remember the Dodgers had six home games against the Rockies. And six home games against a team that's been eliminated for weeks, doesn't like that's the opposite of adversity. I, I would argue the Dodgers had not faced an iota of adversity for at least a week or two prior to playing San Diego in game one of the NLDS. And I just wonder if there's kind of an emotional intensity, let alone, you know, the kind of the reaction times that we talked about, whether you're facing a fastball or, you know, you got a hard ground ball coming at you and and you haven't seen that in a week. I'm wondering too if if the emotional intensity of the postseason especially in San Diego where they literally geo-fenced Los Angeles County residents out of the ballpark uh, had anything to do with it where it it was just this completely opposite atmosphere from anything the Dodgers had seen recently. Yeah.
2: I mean, I I just, I think it's so hard to have, you know, nearly a week off and just from your timing perspective, take, put aside um, the intense, you know, games and situations and that extra adrenaline you need to play with. Um, that's that's a huge bonus to, to play with that and bring that into the postseason, which the Dodgers didn't have. Um, but I, I think just not being in the speed of the game for five or six days, whatever it was, is hard. It's really hard. And, and you come out of it and you don't really know where you're going to be, like, at the plate. Like, you don't know. Like, I might, after a couple of bats, feel better than I did. Um odds are I'll probably take a couple of bats to kind of feel somewhat you know back to having my timing down. But that even like the All Star break, the three or four days off there, you come back and you feel like it's like opening day, like you haven't played in mm-hmm. forever. And that's that's what's bizarre about baseball is one day off you feel like I'd always feel nervous my first at bat after a day off during the season because it felt felt like there's a, a gap. Um yeah. and sometimes if you're struggling, that's great. Because you get that little break, and you know if you had a rough season, then everyone's starting from scratch again, and um, and that's why I think teams that maybe had high expectations of Padres came in the season thinking they were going to win the division or have a good shot at it, and they made the acquisitions at the deadline, some good good moves, got some stars, and then they kind of squandered it a little bit and just snuck in in postseason. So then they're they're playing with like okay we're here we're on the level playing field we got a fresh start and it's a totally different mindset than the Dodgers with the expectations to
1: win it all or it's a bust. On our last episode, I mentioned how the stars were out and and how inviting a couple extra wild card teams in each league allowed Bryce Harper to make the postseason and. Shane McClanahan started game one for the Rays. He was arguably the best pitcher in the American league this year when he was healthy, some great talent on the field. It's easy to appreciate that. I think when it's, you know, a level playing field and everybody's out there, but now we're looking at uh, a Padres Phillies NLCS. And I, I just think philosophically, it's a little bit harder to say that major league baseball did the right thing by constructing the postseason format this way. I don't know. Do you, have any thoughts about that? Any any ideas about how MLB could do it better? Or is this just the nature of the beast every year where you just got to get hot in October?
2: Yeah, it's a, it's a – I don't think there's a great answer to it to, to kind of conform into, you know, what sports fans today want, right? I mean, they want to mm-hmm. have big playoffs. I mean, the, the best way to do it would be to have kind of old school where there's, you know, two divisions. In each league, and you play a ALCS to NLCS, and you get a World Series. And then the team, because it's kind of crazy, you play 162 games, and as we're seeing, those games really don't mean that much other than getting there. It's all about getting to the postseason. And and now with more you know more slots, it's easier to get there. And and you know as you said, like whoever's hot is is going to be the toughest team, and it just takes you know one big swing of the bat or. One error and it shifts a whole series when you have a five a five game series. So it, I I just don't think there's a great answer. Um, but I will say of all the sports, I do think the baseball postseason is the most exciting because of that. I mean, you you hmm. come into the postseason in the NBA or NFL, and you have a pretty good idea of what you know three maybe four teams are going to be you know, have a good shot at it to win win it all. It's usually like one or two teams, really. And in baseball, like, really you have – there's probably seven or eight teams that could win the World Series.
0: Sure.
1: Yeah, I feel like in basketball, you pretty much know how that best of seven series is going to go unless there's an injury. Like, that's really the one thing that can shake it up. Exactly. Yeah. Well, you know, speaking of um, things that can shake it up, you know – the Dodgers have lost the last couple of years a couple of very different ways. I think last year, health and injury is really were the story, where in retrospect, you could look back and you could say, you know, the Braves were the healthiest team and it kind of made sense that that's why they won the World Series. Ultimately, they were healthy. They were hot. Uh, the Dodgers really kind of ran out of pitching by the end of last year, whereas I feel like this year the story is a little different. I don't know, Sean, you faced a couple of elimination games uh, in the postseason in your career. Does it really matter how you got to that point of, of watching the other team celebrate at the end of the season, ending your season with a loss, or does it basically just feel the same way regardless of the details in hindsight?
2: You know, I, I think it does feel a little different. I mean, my first time was with the Dodgers in 2004, and, um, you yeah, know, I gone a long stretch almost – about was I think it was my tenth season um, playing full time. That I, you know, I finally got to the postseason, and and we were pretty heavy underdogs against St. Louis, and they won the first two there, and, and we snuck one in. Jose Lima through a great game, and yeah. you know, we won the first home game. So it kind of gave us a glimmer of hope, but it was, you know, it felt like if we could have pulled it out, it would have been you know pretty special. We we didn't have really the the pitching depth or anything to, to give it a, a real run at the world series. But again, like the attitude is always, Hey, we can we can hang with anybody. And that's the philosophy. Like fast forward a couple of years when I was with the Mets, we beat the Dodgers in the, in the division series. And we were, had the best record in the national league. And we had a couple of key injuries late in the year. Um, like, um, when Pedro Martinez was out and El Duque got hurt warming up before a game, Mm. he messed up his leg. And so he was a key, a key piece on our rotation. And so that kind of put us behind the eight ball, but we, you know, we went seven games and and then that was Andy Chavez catch. And then the Yadier Molina home run to, to beat us. And and that one really hurt because it it felt like, okay, American league was the Tigers. It wasn't, we had a really good chance to win the world series that year. Mm -hmm. Um, we did kind of. It was kind of the injury situation. We ran out of gas. A couple key plays here and there that didn't go our way. Um, so I think that one hurt a lot more, especially when it's you losing the, you know, a, a closeout game, game seven. Um, it makes it, it makes it a little harder because everyone on the field feels like, hey, you know, if this would have happened or that would have happened or I could have done this, if I could have done that, we could have won this series, and and that's what always happens when it's not you know a, a four or five game you know easy victory for, for whoever wins that seven game series
1: if you have those questions piling up and and the loss kind of stings a little bit how long would it take you before you could mentally look forward to the next season and, and start making those kind of preparations physically and mentally that you typically do in an off season
2: i mean you move on and But I'll say, like, there's plays, you know, there's a ball I could have caught in game two that I should have caught, and, you know, up against the wall, and i probably catch it more. time. And I still think about it. So that's, you know, Mm. 16 years later. So you still – you never really shake some of those ghosts. But in terms of moving on and, and thinking about the next season and all that, you know, it's hard. I think it's hard until the World Series is over. 'Cause you're watching mm-hmm. and you're feeling that FOMO. Um and sure. I, I think once it's over and it's focus is football and starting start of the basketball season and bowl games and all that, you kind of you kinda of move on. Um, but yeah, I think for me that was that was the hardest part was having the game going in the background, knowing that I wasn't playing in it.
1: Were people saying FOMO in two thousand six? I can't remember.
2: Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's a really good... There's a lot of things that didn't exist. I mean, it <laughs> started in 2003. It's just a, a baby startup. So, um, yeah, yeah. I, there was not much social media. Yeah, it was a different world. The iPhone didn't even come out until 2007, so there you go.
1: You know, some of the memories we can look back on, like I, you mentioned that Jose Lima game, right? And I can still conjure that one in my mind. And I think if you were a Dodger fan that year, that was a special memory. You know, losing to the Mets two years later, probably not so much. And and they all, I think they tend to jumble together over time. I think it's definitely too soon to say how this season's exit is going to be remembered. But I just, I mean, right now sitting here today, I just can't help but think of the disparity between the 111 win regular season and the four game long postseason. That, that really stands out.
2: No, it is frustrating. I mean, I will say too, and... You know, Dave Roberts is a good friend of mine, and I think he's a tremendous manager. He's kicking heat for this, and you know, at the end of the day, like the Dodgers have a philosophy on how to approach. You know, call it you know, going not going have the pitcher facing the lineup three times, whatever these different pitching matchups. They're very analytical. It's like that, that philosophy is what has gotten them to be dominant for the last decade or however long they've all been there. And that philosophy got them 111 wins, and it's not like just like you can't expect teams to all of a sudden figure out how to bunt, move runners over, you know, do the little things if they don't do it during the regular season. You can't go into the postseason and abandon the the philosophy that that is giving you success. So, you know, I know it's it's easy to do when you have a short series, and it's like, oh, the guy has a shutout, why why pull him or this and that. But at the same time, like this is how they've won and this is how they continue to win each year. So, you know, that's, you know, that's the product. And that's, that's the philosophy that has worked for the Dodgers. So I don't know. I, I just, and I'm not condoning the philosophy or I, I just think it's worked really well for the Dodgers in this, this type of game that is the current product on the field throughout major league baseball and the Dodgers are the best at it. So, To go and say, you know, oh, why didn't they? Why Why did they do that? I don't. I don't think that's really fair either.
1: I will say this: I think this was probably the best managed pitching staff that I've seen. It maybe wasn't the most high-end talent pitching staff that I've seen, but it was the best managed. And knowing for Dave to know when to go to the bullpen was integral to that. Very much so. Um, I think this was the best lineup that I've seen and just on a per head basis, like give me this Dodgers lineup over any of the 10 that I've covered, uh, 11 now that I've covered. And for that lineup to score three, one and three runs in the three losses, it's a lot easier for me personally to point to that than it is to point to any individual pitching move, even though sure, you could question, you know, and why this guy in this situation and why this guy in that situation? Um, and Andrew Friedman did say it in his post season press conference. He could boil it down to really just the failures with runners in scoring position. The Padres did a better job than the Dodgers, and that's the kind of thing that four game series often come down to.
2: Yeah, no, that's true. And I w- I will say, I and mean, I'm I'm definitely more of an old school type guy um, in terms of. I don't love a bunch of strikeouts, home run, you know, that, the three outcome, mm-hmm. walks, strikeouts, mm-hmm. home runs, and all that. I do, I, I do think and hope that what the the Guardians have done this year with having way more hits than strikeouts, I I think that's a better brand of baseball. And you know, they, I think they played well against the Yankees, and they played, you know, they they beat Tampa in two straight games. I think when you get to the postseason and and you're in higher leverage situations and your the matchups become. More specific, I think that approach has its merit. And you know, mm-hmm. it's not to say it isn't nice to have a lineup where, you know, five or six guys have a good shot at hitting a, a two or three run home run, but I, I just, I, I look at the postseason kind of, I'm, I'm just watching these games and, you know, every Guardians player, I feel like they have a, they're putting the ball in play consistently and have a shot. And I just, yep. I think that is, It's harder to defend that, I think, in the postseason and the regular season. Maybe the the numbers work out better having a a home run heavy lineup, but I think it's harder in the postseason when the matchups
1: get get tighter. I think that's fair. And, I mean, in defense of your point, the Guardians are playing a little bit longer into this postseason than the Dodgers did. Um, I, I would... I've seen Dodgers lineups that are a little bit more home run centric than this one. I felt like this one, you know, Freddie Freeman almost won a batting title. Trey Turner won it last year. Justin Turner was hitting for average as well as almost anyone in the National League in the second half. They had a, they had a bit of a blend, which almost I think, yep, to what we were saying earlier makes kind of the failures inexplicable. But I think to your point, there is absolutely something to be said, especially if you're a team that's running the payroll in the range of the Guardians where you have good major league hitters who are just sitting out there waiting for a contract, and they're not getting it because they're not hitting 20 to 25 home runs a year, but they're extremely valuable hitters to have in your lineup, especially in the postseason.
2: Yeah, no, that's a good point. And I, and I do – I I have said this before on our podcast, I, and I love how the Dodgers have kind of shifted a little bit more towards that by the last yes. three years bringing in Betts, um Turner, and Freeman – and then, you know, having a guy like Will Smith is just a solid clutch hitter, like you said, Justin Turner. I do think the bottom of the lineup has a lot more of the, the kind of strikeout, you know, lower average type thing, which yeah. makes it a little tougher. But I, the, I think this is the best top of the lineup the Dodgers have had that I could I can remember. Uh, 100%. Yeah, the top three or four, are, you know. Spectacular, and then Justin Turner is always, you know, a clutch guy, particularly in the postseason. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's a good lineup to, to throw out there. I'm just saying, I'm not completely speaking. I, I'm just kind of more of a, a generalization in baseball. Is I, I just I like I I look at the Yankees, and I I just don't know. I'd, I'd be surprised. I, I like the Astros lineup so much more than the Yankees. Mm-hmm. Yes, and yes, and we'll see we'll see how it plays out. I could be completely wrong, and you know, it's just it's it's easy to go against the Yankees and just really focus on not letting Judge beat you, um, yep. because he's their one guy that does it all. Um, but it's really hard to do that against Houston when you have, you know, three or four guys that, that's for high average and have power,
1: right? Yep, I could not agree more. And I think that lineup is just more fun to watch as a fan. The Yankees games can be hard to watch sometimes.
2: Yeah, and and I look. I look at when I played some of the lineups, in like the old Seattle lineups with A-Rod, Griffey, Buhner, Edgar Martinez. I mean, just like boom, 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 boom. It's
1: just, Ichiro. These
2: guys were, oh well, yeah, later on, each But even like Joey Cora, I mean, hmm. playing against those teams, the Indians back then with, you know, Manny hitting six, Tomey, Bayerga, um, Kenny Lofton is just like one after the other. Um, Bobby I mean, Alomar, and it was so hard to get through those lineups. Albert Bell, I forgot about the, their best hitter at the time. And I think that having just like you know, at the bottom of the lineup, a guy who there's a lot of teams that had a guy that hit like two ninety three hundred, just and he hit he was hitting ninth and would get on and almost be like a second leadoff hitter. So I don't know, I, I just I kind of missed that approach where it was okay, let's get a bunch of guys who are just gonna battle and be scrappy and and take our chances.
1: Yeah. Well you have I think touched on a couple of the best hitting teams of all time um to be honest with you. Like especially the <laughs> yep. mid 90s Cleveland lineups. It's it's easier said than done. Uh, but you know what? We've got a whole offseason ahead of us. We can talk we can reminisce about all sorts of things. We've got time now um, but we've got a couple more weeks of the postseason left. I am interested to see how it plays out. It's just too bad it won't play out with the Dodgers in it.
2: <laughs> yeah, no, it is too bad. I mean, we all had high hopes for this year. You know, we would have loved. The Dodgers against against the Yankees would have been amazing. The Dodgers with the rematch against Houston would have been amazing. So, um, yeah. you know, it's, and, I, and I do really believe that the Dodgers could have pulled that series out against San Diego. Then, um, you know, it's going to be really tough to beat them because they were, you know, they would have had, you know, five games under their belt and got back in the swing and have a fresh start against the next series. So, you know, woulda, coulda, shoulda, but, um, you know, at the end of the day, it's Dodgers, once again, are dominant team and, and fun to bring the excitement to, to L.A. for the postseason. And, you know, I think it's easy to get spoiled as a fan because you you have a team that you expect to win every year, but getting the postseason is the key, and then you just
1: hope your team's hot at the right time. Yeah, I couldn't have said it better Well, Sean, thanks for everything It's, it's been fun talking about baseball in season uh, With the Dodgers in it And I'm looking forward to this offseason I think we're going to have a lot of really cool stuff to talk about So we hope that you will continue to listen um, We're not going anywhere We'll still be coming here at you once a week, hopefully um, But Sean, thank you for joining me, as always Yeah, thanks, JP.